when you see panel two, do you still see it as? Because I know the biggest issue is people were saying like, uh, you know, it's it's stock value was like three times what the company was actually worth, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and so like, do you still see that as being the case? Because it originally IPO'd at like ten dollars, and so yeah, I I agree. Thirty five, forty dollars was kind of outlandish for Palantir. I think didn't it almost hit forty? Yes, like it did almost hit forty. It went over at one point. Unbelievable. Okay, so yeah, so it was definitely trending way higher than what the company was actually worth, right? Right, and I, I think a lot of growth, co- like stocks, do that obviously, like, and they, like more than like three times what they're what they're worth, right? But Palantir is a little different too in the way that they talk about their earnings, right? Doesn't the uh, the owner aren't people kind of like at odds with him and the way he kind of runs like his earnings reports and stuff like that, as far as like how much money they're making on a quarterly basis? Or yearly basis, even doesn't he like kind of hide a lot of that information? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily hide. I, I think it's just more like obscure on how like where the money's coming from, right? Uh, I mean, but like when you have con- like contracts with the government and these contracts are, you know, um, sensitive. For mm-hmm. example, like the programs and like they can't go explicitly into detail on how exactly their program is, you know, being utilized. Right. Of course. I mean, yeah, I think that kind of just like kind of irks people in general because they're like, well, why are you being Ugh, so secretive? And it's national like, well, security. My money's more important. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like they're like literally like helping the war against terror, and people are like, yeah. that's like I can't believe they're hiding information. It's like, well, <laughs> come on, man. Like you gotta come some slack. But yeah, I think also the other criticism is um, the fact that it's been around so long, and the fact that like they haven't really been super profitable. But like despite the fact that they have higher rev- like revenue growth than what people were expecting, like I think their last earnings was really great. Um, but even then the stock still gets a lot of criticism because yeah, it's it's been around for 18 years, but it's like, you know, you got a company that's actively trying to expand now into like other like realms besides government contracts. And I mean, just from someone who's seen like small business, like innovation research programs with government, like if you want to get a contract that's going to basically solidify your existence as a company, like get a small business contract with a government. Like that's a super easy way. Cause that's like, you know, effectively, quote unquote, guaranteed money. Don't quote me on that. But like, I mean, look at how many big businesses exist now because of government contracts they had in they, their beginning. Exactly. And like, yeah. So I guess, like, at the end of the day, if you have like the government as a contract, as like a customer, that's not going to hurt you at all. So like, that's why I like part of me likes Palantir and people like that are very negative about Palantir because of, you know, the obscurity of it and the fact that they think that it's kind of old news, that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more like bullish in that sense um, because one, yeah, they have a lot of government contracts and the fact that like two, they're expanding dramatically into like data analytics, which frankly, there's not like one big name that's capturing all this data analytics because it's too much. And Palantir has been effectively doing it for 18 years. So, and I, I think technology and the use of this technology is finally catching up. Yeah. Like I think that was also, I can imagine 18 years ago, why would anyone care about being able to analyze massive amounts of data online? You know, like, I just don't think people cared as much as they do today. And I don't know, you you look at like how the realm's developing and which companies are going to be like leading it in the right direction. And so like we talk about cyber in general, the biggest issue obviously now that everyone's paying attention to is like, well, is it secure? Am I going to be able to like trust this enough to where like I can put my, you know, whatever it is, my network on this and is it going to like be protected? And I think, you know, what's better than like a, com- a company that's been working with the government who has normally stricter regulations um, in order to allow for programs to even be on their network or to have a network exist that can communicate with like the military networks, for example. And I think that there's a lot, a lot higher standard that goes into those relationships than like with a private sector company that's just like, hey, like trust us, like we have good security, that kind of stuff. 
Um, so I think Palantir has that, especially in, in this realm where like we literally just have like, you know, the pipeline get ransomware on it. Yeah. Which is massive. Like that's, that's not like a terrible thing. Like, it'll, like I don't think if people aren't paying attention to that, they should because there's a lot that goes into that. Like our infrastructure got hacked by ransomware. I mean, the solution fair, was, they're running Tetris for their, you know, cybersecurity systems. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And I mean, they, the solution was they, they paid the ransom to get access to their network again. Yeah, so. because they're idiots. It's like the whoever's <laughs> well, running their whoever it was has a private to, company, right? Yeah, and whoever's right. running it has to be some old person who's just like I opening mean, emails and then like paying ransoms. Like, well, I can't it's, it's one of those, and yeah, I think it's like a lot more nuanced. And like people just having understanding of cyber would like get a better picture of what's going on. But like at the end of the day, what's happening is like we have a lot of systems that aren't getting like I don't, I don't know specifically about the, like the pipeline network, like what it looks like. I haven't looked into that, but what I do know is one like. The malware, ransomware, all that kind of stuff, like the attacks are always going to be like pretty much like one step ahead of cybersecurity. But having a robust system like could help aid you in not being the next big target. And so like what I see is like when you have infrastructure getting hacked is that like potentially, like maybe potentially like we we are like facing the situation where we have a lot of major like systems, SCADA systems, infrastructure, whatever it may be that aren't as robust as they should be given that there's already like companies out there that can provide a more effective like security for that network so i don't know that's how i think about it when i'm looking at these companies and stuff and that's why like i'm always bullish on companies like crowdstrike who offer these like awesome packages like a subscription base and you know like what easier like implement implementation method than to like hire a company to do it for you and they're leading in it um and that's like kind of hard to beat in my opinion but Mm -hmm. I, don't know, I think we're getting kind of off track. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Palantir, I, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we keep can talk about Palantir all yeah, day. Yeah, Palantir. Um, but yeah, I guess like what, the, what did you have? The big focus. So I, I, what, what do you mean? Like what did I have like this week? Mm-hmm. So I didn't have anything. So I was, um, I had a bunch of stops on like a lot of my positions uh, minus my investment positions. And effectively now I'm down to like almost exclusively my investment positions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. <coughs> all, my, all my trades. <laughs> sorry. I had like a weird... Burp. Uh, <laughs> uh, all my trades have effectively been stopped. Um, I let them like pretty much ride up a little bit into the positive, and then I just didn't like the market like sentiment, so I just kind of like threw stops on a lot of them. Mm. Um, and this week, it like I got knocked out of like half of them. So, and then like I think all I have left is like Hems, Palantir, Run, and like one more position which I'm blanking on right now. Um, let me pull it up. Crowd, yeah, Crowd Strike. So those are like my four investment positions that I currently have in my trading account. So, yeah, I've only got <clears throat> Palantir, Tesla, and Ethereum. Hmm, that's all I have right now. I mean, I have my Coinbase thing, which I don't touch. That's a no touchy account. I just mm-hmm. add stuff oh, yeah, to that one. Oh yeah, I have a Coinbase account. Too. Um, yeah, I I started up a Weeble one where I'm going to start. I I don't know what I'm going to do with that one. I think that one's going to be a long term hold, but I haven't decided yet. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm not even in. I'm only in Palantir. I have a swing on Palantir and a swing on. Uh, let me just look. I don't know, a couple stocks. But yeah, same thing with you. I got stopped out a couple weeks ago. I think of all of my trading stocks, it's just been so you know my sentiment towards it too is also pretty negative. You see a lot of red going on. Oh yeah, well I mean, I was trying to buy it like these significant levels, and uh, I had some positions that I've been holding for like over a year uh but they like surged like crazy and frankly i was like well if you know the market's gonna start like tearing down um i assume it's just a matter of time before like some of these stocks end up and sure enough they are like some of them are like getting massive 15 percent drops like within a week 
you know, unfortunately, I was able to get out of this position, so I was pretty happy. I'm curious, given that the market had another massive pullback in a lot of these growth stocks, tech stocks, should you buy the dip? I'm seeing yes to that answer. Yes. Um, I think, uh, what was it, beginning of last week, we had a couple of stocks on our watch list. Unity, uh, Plug, Palantir. Just for instance, those three stocks alone this week, Palantir, up 9%. Plug, up 12.8%. Unity, plus 8%. So if you had just gotten into all those on our watch list on Monday, you would just be up. Double oh, digits, true. you know. Uh, I think some other ones that we had talked about. Let me see here. Where's our? We talked about a lot of these. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, list. you can like pretty much you name them. Like majority yeah. of the things we're looking at are going to be in the growth tech area. Fubo, twelve percent. Um, it's up twelve percent. It's up twelve point two percent. Like just just in one day. Yeah, just in one day. <clears throat> Blink, Is that 14. from that that overnight jump? Uh, it's no. So like they they had that overnight jump and then they dipped um, on like the. The following day? The following day, like the 13th. And then like 14th was Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, 14th, 14th they had like a 12% surge. Yeah. So everyone was just like, you know, it, it was a good was, time. Yeah, Friday was very good for a yeah. lot of growth stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Um, and I, I guess my reservation is like whenever I look at all the Because like pretty much like all these growth stocks have like very similar price action movements. Right? And like, and it's like if you're tracking like the EMAs, things like that. Like what I see is a potential like death cross on EMAs forming. So like you have the 200 moving average, which is like the, you know, the, the standard. What's a quick description of a death cross? So basically the death cross is a, a pattern that you recognize like with the EMAs. So exponential moving averages and the standards are, you have the 200 moving averages, like the baseline. And then you have like the 50 EMA, for example, and a, and then you have golden cross and death cross. Golden cross is bullish where you have basically like the short term EMA cross over that 200 EMA, uh, and that would form like a golden cross. And the death cross is just reversed. And it's actually like a, supposed to be like a, a bullish, uh, a bearish indication where you have like these EMAs, short-term EMAs above the 200 EMA and they cross below. So, and that's usually, like, like you'll see that because like the price is like literally trending downwards. Um, and that like, that's supposed to be like a, basically like a trend confirmation that like it's going to probably have like more downside. So you see a, you see this having a pullback? So potentially, I mean. A continued pullback? Uh, potentially i mean it's all based on like confirmation right i mean i see 10 percent any direction and that's like substantial i'll say this i think the pullbacks have been dramatic especially like over the past three months like just really dramatic like you have all these companies that are like, ripping down 60 percent. that basically means i would say more melodramatic you know so. like they dip five percent a day three percent a day <laughs> well, and it's just for know, weeks like, at a time like some of them like <laughs> i've been watching like obviously palantir and hymns and like they give back like 10 like percent plus a like in a day and it's like that's I like do they really in a yeah day? oh yeah. yeah like hims has had like multiple 10 percent days like in a row and it was like miserable like down and then so like when you look at that it's like well okay so like what that's the saying opposite is what they're supposed to be doing oh yeah yeah but like so like fubo <laughs> fubo's had over a 60 percent correction from like all-time highs like in uh 2020 right i don't, I don't know about all-time highs i forgot like i don't think it's all-time highs but uh recent all-time highs um like end of 2020 for example like when you had Fubo around forty bucks. So and it well, so and it was actually sitting at like over fifty dollars. Yeah. So and now it's sitting at what twenty bucks? Yeah. Like barely. So twenty, yeah, like twenty two bucks maybe. It was at fourteen dollars a week ago. Yeah, exactly. So like you look at that and like how much, like it's given back, and does that seem normal to you? Right. Like does that like from a valuation standpoint, 
Like, does that seem normal? And then like when you start talking about discounts, don't you think that would be considered a discount when it's given over 60% of its valuation from like its recent all-time highs? So that, that's why that's like kind of the questions that go through my head when I'm looking at these stocks. Um, same with Palantir, same with Hims, um, same with like a lot of the like clean energy stocks that are just plummeting. Um, and yeah, they grew a ton, but they've also given back a ton now. So it's like one of those questions where it's like, well, it's now the time to kind of buy the dip or should I wait? Because like potentially what I'm seeing is that like there's like more opportunity to the downside as well. Um, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I, th I think, yeah, I mean, when a growth stock that we've been trading a lot of goes up, you know, over 6% in one day. I think it's just like that's a good time to like take your take your victory and then retreat because I think I just think like the price action on day to day like you will lose those gains just as fast as you you gained them. Um. So yeah, I think if it's in a dip and it's like you it's just seen days of red like for example like Tesla. I know that there's a lot more that goes into that one, but Tesla is down. <clears throat> I mean, twenty five percent in the last three months. In the last month, is down like nine percent. Uh, and that thing is at, I think, a significant level right now. Like, I think it's a true dip. And I think you you wait it out for a little bit longer and see if it's going to break, like, go past that support line. Um, like, go down below the support line or if it's going to shoot, bounce off of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that's one that you want to buy the dip on. Like, I don't see it getting much lower than 570. Like, I think it's, it's held true to that this last, like, for the most of 2021. Mm. Um but like you take Fubo, you take Palantir, you take all these other things that are jumping up over ten percent some days. I think if you get that jump, then you just get out, and it'll probably retreat like the next few days, and then you can find another entry. So yes, buy the dip. <laughs> like there's a lot of room for these huge volatile movements. Um, but as soon as you get those earnings, unless you're in it for the long haul, but which you know with these growth stocks is kind of you know it's tricky. Um, I, I think you buy the dip. As soon as you see that gain, get out and then like look for another entry. Mm. But like, I mean, like Fubo, right? Like it's it's jumping up 15% one day and then it'll fall down 12 to even more percent the next, like the next two days. Right. And then there's another, and then what you have is like, a, and this is, it, Fubo's been doing that for the last three months. Oh yeah. Literally been doing that the last three months. One day it'll jump up 15%. Um, and that's the one I've been working, but even looking at Palantir, I haven't traded Palantir in a long time, but you know, I saw some good news on it. Bought in, jumped up, and I'm probably going to sell out this next week and then look for another opening. Right. Um, so buying dip is great, but. Yeah. And what I've noticed, though, is like a lot of these growth stocks have like basically fallen into this like downward trend mm -hmm. line um, in this like range effectively. Like, and like you can like literally pull up any chart and like you can actually mark it. Like I'm doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And it looks kind of like um, it's just a downward trend. Like, and it's like a trading range that's kind of like you know, bouncing and it'll like go, it'll like drop like significant amount and then it'll try and recover, like basically retrace a little bit to that top trend line and then like tank even more. So you're seeing trend line. lower highs? Is that what so, you're seeing? Yeah, lower highs and lower lows. So it's literally just trending down. Um, yeah. And I think it's a matter of like, and I look at like, like hymns, for example, I watch that a lot. I just like looking at its uh, price action, but it's like below IPO levels now. Uh, so and it's still within that trading range, that uh, trading range. And are you seeing a potential consolidation? I mean, uh, kind of, it's still like, they're still trending <clears throat> down. Uh, so I haven't seen necessarily consolidation. I see it bouncing between this range, uh, this downward trend. Okay. Um, but I think it's just a matter of time before it breaks one way or the other. Um, 
And ideally, like, I think just given the fact that they've had these massive pullbacks, like, I, I'm thinking, like, there's more upside potential than there is downside potential. Yeah. Especially looking at the rest of the, like, the sectors and the other sectors where you have, like, these value stocks who have been, like, just on this big massive surge, like, growth had in 2020. Um, so I think, like, one part of it's going to be, like, just cyclical, where you have a lot of money flowing from <coughs> one part of the market to the other. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, growth will probably have, like, another, like, potential surge within the year. Um, de- like, depending on how the market does. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that goes into, like, kind of, like, the whole idea of, like, inflation going up, which, like, you can obviously see looking at different prices around you with different products. Like, just housing market prices alone going up, like, three times their normal prices, that kind of stuff. Like inflation has like hit a lot of different things, like used cars yeah, being like, you know, being super like high in demand. Like it's just a demand supply issue at this point where, you, you know, like there's just not a lot, like even chips, you know, there's like all kinds of different things that are low in supply and demand's going up and like inflation's starting to surge. And that's kind of what the federal reserve has been talking about, what they wanted to see um, and whether or not it's too, like, you know, it, it's higher than what they expected. I would just like to hear from them on what they kind of expected, but um, yeah, I think all these things could like potentially lead to more downside. Um, but at the same time, like if you start seeing like inflation getting curbed a little bit, you know, we start bouncing out a little bit more money starts flowing from value into growth. Then like, yeah, I think there's a bunch of opportunities, at least short term for these tech stocks. Yeah, I think with the whole inflation thing, it's and we can talk about this more probably next podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, I just want to see what the like general spending is going to look like right in the economy. Because I think that's what's going to dictate the performance of a lot of these growth stocks, right? Is just general spending. Because um, yeah, like that's what dictates a lot of the health of the economy. Is like, are people going to, see, you know, I know higher inflation usually leads a lot more saving and less spending in the economy. But um, it's, it's just weird because recently we've had those stimulus checks. So right. just the whole spending with within the economy, like that's something that we need to look at to see truly what's the performance right now. And I do think like yeah, our our growth stocks, right? Like those probably we'll see less volume right is if, if, if people are gonna start saving more money yeah and i think that's something yeah it's a another conversation we're going to have in our next podcast yeah. about inflation uh, but yeah because like when you have like debt involved which like typically a lot of growth stocks have a lot of debt yeah because they're trying to rapidly expand that kind of stuff um then yeah then like there's a lot of factors that come into play on why like growth stocks aren't very attractive um <laughs> when one interest rates are going up inflation yeah. is increasing things like that like it just yeah there's just a lot of reasons for it okay um yeah, we should talk about that later. But, yeah, yeah, I think it would be really good to start. Um, but yeah, I, I think with just buying the dip, yeah, I think right now, yeah, like it's a, it's a good. I think it's a good idea. Um, but like, yeah, like really, mo- like yeah, like execute the stop losses, monitor. You know, like when it shoots up, like it's like you're happy with the win, right? If it's a five to ten percent win, it's a win. Get out of it yeah. because I think what I've yeah, like what I've seen. Uh, especially with Tesla, for me, it's just been like I had a huge win and I held on too long because I, I, I want to hold on to Tesla long term. But um, with Palantir, same thing, Fubo, a lot of those things I've been buying in, buying a dip, it goes up and then I get out of it pretty quickly. And then I'm seeing another reentry point. That's right. what I've noticed. So a big one this week. Uh, the big one I'm looking at is Huya, which is a Chinese uh, streaming service. Yeah. Um, they are expecting an earnings report this week. And we saw Fubo with an earnings report shot up how much? Uh, Huya's down 50% over the last like three months. Yeah, it's, it's been on it's a been huge battered. And it's, so you're seeing a potential good earnings report for so, it. Yeah, so, so like I, I was talking about last week with like Palantir <coughs> and Fubo, 
like yeah. having like, all, all these earnings coming up and like they were getting like heavily beaten down even sunrun like so i did sunrun yeah. and palantir and i purely did like risky like lotto plays with options purely based on the fact that they had these massive pullbacks and they're leading up to e- earnings reports and i was like any good earnings like could potentially cause like a surge in price and that's what happened with that's what happened with sunrun it happened palantir and definitely happened with fubo and Huya, I can see where Jake's coming from. It's like in the same boat, right? That's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, one month. So, okay. In one week, it's 5%. It had, it did have a big jump. Uh, the last two days of mar- the market days had a pretty big jump, but it's still down 5% in the week. And the month is down 14%. And three months, it's 55%. And this is, again, Huya, H-U-Y-A. Um, it's like one of the largest, what, streaming providers in, China, in, that, in that region of the world. Right. Live streaming content for mobile, personal, and console games. Um, and I think it just matches a lot of the experience for these recent growth, like tech growth stocks that um, they got a big bubble from COVID. Like a big, really big, like, you know, almost um, advanced earnings. And so I think just if, you know, how, however those are performing, I think Huya might have a similar experience. Um, but yeah, it's it's super low, right? Like super discount. When When are their earnings? The earnings report, I believe, is on Tuesday, ah. May 18th. Okay. Yeah, right? so, I mean, I know, like, if I were to do, like, a risky play, yeah, Huyo would be my risky play for this week. You'd run an, you might do not contract on it, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Because, I mean, like, what? Like, risk, I don't know how much the contracts are. It's, like, 13 bucks, <clears throat> 20 bucks a share. So, like, yeah, the contracts probably aren't that much, and you can throw, like, 100 bucks at it, a couple. And then, like, if it surges, and, like, you get this massive, like, inflation in price... Uh, on that contract and on the premium and you just like sell it back or whatever or even if you like Huya, you can execute it and like they're cheap enough to where like yeah you could easily buy 100 shares right. of Huya. Yeah, what's, their, it, what's their ticket symbol h-u-y-a yeah but it's already at, it's at 15 exactly so 15 dollars so, right so how much lower can it go exactly so i'm like i'm like yeah and like if you looked at his last earnings it beat it by like what like 20 something percent i mean it um, could go lower i mean so, one exactly thing, one thing i've noticed especially with these chinese stocks is they they are way i mean so you all remember when i was all over 10 cent yeah. Have you seen Tencent recently? So the Chinese government forced them to kind of separate their company into multiple part portions, and that has kind of affected Tencent in a big way. So it's like oh, yeah. China, so, Chinese companies, you know, they're just so you, it's not the same. So for instance, how often, how long, I think when I first started trading, Tencent was trading like at $80 to like $110. Some of that, it was, yeah. It's at $76.57 yeah. right now. Oh yeah. And I think, I think that's like part of like the, the overarching like, Market sentiment and the fact that it's also like what China's been doing to the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's heavy government regulation. So with heavy yeah, government but, regulation. But like Huya, like so from a trading standpoint, just based purely off trading play and technical, like Huya sitting at like a major support, like a very major yeah. support, like over its life. Um it's ha- it's sitting at this major support around like effectively like fifteen bucks. Thirteen bucks, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Um and it has earnings coming up, and it's like at like pretty much like at super big lows that it's been at for a long like you know multiple times in its history and every time it's touched the support it's like just surged gone this massive surge yeah um so so what, yeah like how I'm thinking to trade it this next week is it's heavily oversold <clears throat> yeah yeah Monday I'm thinking exercise my palantir probably get out of it and in and end of day or maybe sooner I might just or I might just rip it at the beginning um after the first thirty minutes of market. And see what happens, and then switch over to Huya yeah. to try and catch anything that's like that earnings hype. Yeah, right? and like and even doing like a earnings run up. Yeah, where someone like buys contract, contracts get fat because people are making their bets, and all of a sudden you just sell it off right before market closes. Mm-hmm. Boom! Like you capture profits. Yeah. Like you know, you, like win or lose doesn't matter. You're not part of that 
earnings because it yeah. sucks when you have like a contract that I, just like zeroes out. Yeah, no, yeah, like me knowing just the <coughs> competition over there in, in China <clears throat> and what's ha- and like not knowing a lot about the market as a as a whole. I'm just gonna play this strictly just on you know earnings hype and then get out and get out within a day or two. Um, so strictly a swing trade on this one. If I had day trading rights, I would, but my account isn't large enough yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, like so, yeah. but like I would probably even consider just day trading in, you know, in a day. But yeah, John, like I look at like I look at Tencent. Like if you look at Huyo versus Tencent, I think like technically speaking, like Tencent, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if they had like much further <laughs> further down to go. Mm-hmm. Like I would not be surprised yeah. about Tencent. Yeah, they lost what um, the entire music section of their company. So basically, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just getting like beat down. Um, yeah, and I don't think they're. I don't, from my opinion, I don't think they're. Stock valuation is like fully represented that yet. Um, well, how do we know even? Exactly right. But then like Huya, Huya though, like they're already at lows, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of like super bad news going around Huya, right? Except for the fact that like what gamers are doing, like you know, streamers are like the big thing. So mm-hmm. um, the other big one that I've been looking at, I've been talking about this one for a while, but uh, Purple Innovations. Yeah, you mentioned that Purple Innovations. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty low, and. And another thing about this one is, again, it's it's all about comfort innovation, which I think is a big deal, right? I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. They've right. been around for a long time, like 23 years, uh, but they're really starting to get, I think, very uh, exposed. And in the last month, they're down 9%. The last week, they're up bar- like barely over a percent. But uh, the last three months, they're down 23%. And there's a gap that had, needs to be filled. Have you all seen that? You know what I'm talking about there? Uh, there's yeah, a, I see what you're talking uh, about. There's a big now. drop on May, on March third going into the fourth there's a gap that was kind of filled maybe like april 26th but it's still like it was just a huge drop um i believe their earnings report call is tomorrow on the 17th hmm. and yeah they are yeah like down from their all-time highs quite a bit uh, in just the three months yeah and they're sitting around that 200 ema which is really nice to see yeah and so purple Again, every so far, all the like basics I've applied to it with strategies, that one has been a pretty um, reliable swing trade for me. Um, nice. And so earnings report, uh, people have been home. I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, like them having a, a poor earnings report. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess going back to like buying the dip, whether or not you should. Yeah. I think one, if you're a trader, then like there's tons of trading opportunities, at least in the short term. Yeah. That are out there because all these, you know, all these stocks have been just like torn apart over the past three months, like they're going to have a lot of upside potential as well. Just given the fact that they've been beaten down so much, not saying that they're going to like, going to like start surging, but <coughs> they easily have nice, like obviously like 10, 12% days like we've been seeing. Yeah. Uh, just like be careful, obviously, because the market has been like just thrashing these stocks. But I think as like a, a long-term holder, like if you can get a stock at like 60% discount from like their highs, um, like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, as an investor, yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Like, if, if, if you, like, firmly, if you were comfortable with buying that stock when it was, like, still rising in price, why wouldn't you want to buy it now after it's been beaten down heavily? Yeah. So, if, like, all, if everything else has stayed the same, minus, like, the fact that growth had just been beaten down and tech has been beaten down, like, doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't want to buy it now as compared to three months ago when it was literally just climbing to all-time highs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if we're talking just strictly investing, I mean... Huya, like, again, this fundamentally I don't know a lot about. I have to look more into to buy it. But purple, that one, I, I own a purple pillow. Like, I would buy that one in a heartbeat and hold on to it investing-wise um, if I weren't using most of my funds for, like, between my other investments and 
day, uh, swing trading. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like, but purple is definitely one. If I had just a thousand dollars, I wouldn't have any issues like throwing at it. Um, but I'm create that Weeble account, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just my funds are limited, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My funds are <laughs> tied up, and because I'm, I'm, I'm much more, you know, I like the risk involved with Tesla. Like, I just, I think there's a lot there going on, so I, I'm, I'm in that one. Yeah, so what, what's y'all's takes on the crypto dips that we're seeing in some of the major? Keep an eye on it. So, do like, do you think, like, do y'all personally think it was, like, a big enough pullback? Or do you think there's more? Like, maybe I think there should be more. Like, you think oh, it's a pullback. Because like, I'm thinking, like, well, maybe it's just, like, starting to trend downwards. And you're going to start seeing, like, this pullback, then a slight rise, then another pullback, slight rise. And then, like, eventually it's just going to, like, crater. Like, there's going to be, like, big sell-offs. I just feel like crypto. 2800 is kind of what I expected. For like Ethereum. Ethereum. For, Ethereum. Yeah, for an Ethereum pullback. And I think like 40, 35,000 is kind of what I expected for Bitcoin. Mm, interesting. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's not, when you consider, that's not a crash in my opinion either. I think that's like just a super correction. And like, I don't, I just, a crash is kind of like what happened to Bitcoin the first time when it hit 17 and then plummeted down to like, you know, hundreds. It was like a couple thousand couple thousand was that how it went yeah you're yeah. right because it never went we talked about that it yeah. never went past its yeah, that, initial yeah, had, but i mean you had massive capitulation so yeah exactly so i mean i just think like we aren't going to see a crash like that in the the digital currency world ever again yeah well and i think the equivalent of that isn't going to be the same like, like you're not going to get bitcoin per se at a couple thousand dollars ever again right in my opinion like no. if like the crypto market's here to stay is you're not going to get it at a couple thousand dollars but maybe like couple tens of thousands of dollars that's what i'm <laughs> like, saying that's what i'm saying like maybe ethereum 20 30 yeah. and maybe like, and like you might be able to get like maybe like ethereum for like three digits like high three digits like uh, 900 i can't maybe. even imagine that like anymore. yeah but it's like it's like yeah but like the market's really here to stay um, I, I can't I, see it dropping that low no I can't I, here's either. the thing is as as long as like large businesses like the sentiment increases to where they're they're okay with using that as currency I think that just in- increases the intrinsic value of the currency, right? And then in that, in that market as a whole, right. is we have companies like starting to exercise not only Bitcoin, but I think they're looking at Ethereum as well. Right. And I think that suggests that it may go down and had a downward trend for a little bit, but I, I can't imagine going dropping thousands, right? right. I, can, I can see it dropping down for Ethereum specifically, maybe to like high 2,800, 2,700. Uh, Bitcoin... Again, I don't know how much lower it can drop. That one will, it can move thousands because it's got so much, you know. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean. Position, but still, I, I just don't see these things having the same crash it did. Was it last year or the year before? So, uh, well, I mean, it was like t- 2017. Was okay, like even. Yeah, longer again. Yeah, longer And again. then it's basically been like consolidating mm-hmm. until, you know, the big surge that we've been experiencing mm-hmm. to this day. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty interesting to like, think about. And, like the other coins as well. And like which coins are gonna be like able to stick around. I think I think at the end of the day, if you look at the like the white papers, there are other coins out there that just look better, they're sharper, they're coded better than other altcoins that people are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's just a matter of time too. Like if the crypto economy is here to stay, like other coins are gonna start really gaining traction. Do you think saturation could be a, a factor? In terms of like saturation of the crypto market, decreasing the value of others? I don't I mean, I have no idea. That's why I'm asking. Uh, so, like saturation, like if you have more people just like investing, then overall, uh, the the market's going to go up, right? Like if you have people just like saturating the market, 
there's throwing more money into it and like market cap's going to go up. Okay. Um, but I think, but yeah. like the variety, like increased variety of cryptos, would that cause anything to like, would that impact the overall value of individual Maybe. cryptos? I mean, if you have people who are like trying to get more like diversified, quote unquote, and they like exit their Bitcoin, like some of their Bitcoin positions, then obviously it's going to like oh, yeah. hurt Bitcoin in terms of like, you know, the market cap, that kind of stuff. But I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I think there's going to be like a big like clearing of, I think it's going to be similar to like the tech, like when the internet, like the dot-com bubble. And you had a lot of companies like pop up and then like a lot of them got wiped out in that correction. I think that's going to happen here. We have, we have a lot of coins mm. kind of like here, a lot of like coins is being like pumped like crazy. I think they're going to get just demolished when like this, you know, capitulation starts happening and they're going to start flooding into these actual coins that are actually useful rather than just like, Hey, like this coin has a cool name. <laughs> I'm not going to drop anything, but has like a cool name or has a cool mascot. Let's pump it, and there's like really no like unique use that other coins don't provide. Yeah, that's, I wonder which coin you're talking about. Like I know, it has right? such a cool mascot. I Isn't mean, there a Shiba the, one? Cool. Yeah, the Shiba Doge. Well, no, there's well, Shiba Doge. There's Sheep and oh, there's, there's Doge. Sheep. Oh, like a Shiba in you. Yeah, there's like Pancake Swap. There's well, Shiba's supposed to be Doge, but limited. Yeah, finite. So it's yeah. So watch I mean, it. Watch it. Watch people get rich off of it. They will. Someone yeah, yeah, will. Yeah. So he's going to get rich. I can't do it. I can't stomach well, it. Those are lottery tickets. Yeah. Like, people get rich off it. the lottery. Sure. Yes. But there are a lot more people that just... Yeah, I mean... Don't. <laughs> yeah, my take is... <laughs> more like, losers on the lottery than There's winners. a lot of losers on that end. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of people just... They're, like, I, I bet there's a lot of people that you just don't hear about them that just lose tons of money. And, yeah. and I have, like, you know, people like coworkers, for example, who are like invested in like these meme stocks and other what like whatnot and they aren't paying any attention to like the fundamentals or what the business is doing or like what the coin's doing and they've lost lots of money oh, and, they're yeah. like, and they're just bag holding they're like it's gonna happen i'm like not necessarily i was like <sighs> i was like it's and it's tough because it's like if you don't understand basic things like market cap or like what's in circulation and what like for example like just because a stock is twenty dollars doesn't mean it's a good buy by any means right right like that could be way heavily overvalued just ba- like it's based on like what how many stocks are actually available to buy What's the price sitting at? That's the market cap. Is the company actually there from a business standpoint? Right. And I think, I think like reality sets in, but it sets in at the worst time for a lot of people. And um, like I think now like the market is just doing what the market does. Um, and so people are upset because growth is dying. But like, should you be surprised? Well, they're upset because they aren't taking that into consideration where they are valuing company because it's lower than it has been in a year. Yeah. And they're saying it's a good buy. And it's like, no, it's just overvalued. Yeah. It's already over and beyond what it's actually worth mm-hmm. it's just correcting and now you're under this you know yeah it's you're exactly the one buying the bullet yeah, yeah. you're buying the bullet you're seeing 20 dollars yeah. as a good price because it was priced at 46 months ago but that doesn't mean that that stock is still valued correctly right and, and yeah and i think that all goes back to like if you're someone that's willing to buy at highs then like you shouldn't be upset when you take big losses like, like if you're if you're willing to buy something that's so overvalued and not like understand why it's dropping then like you probably don't have a good like grasp of like what the market does and like what valuation looks like from a really realistic standpoint. Um, and if you're getting someone that's like very emotional about it and getting upset, then like it's gonna hurt. Like it's good. And like you probably shouldn't be trading nearly as much money as you're trading. You should probably be learning a lot more than trading, especially if you're willing to buy things at like very high market caps. Um, especially something like a coin that's not really intended to be like the coin. That's just my opinion on it, but I am I agree with you. I think there's going to be a huge hit to all those altcoins out there and that there will eventually be like the only thing left standing kind of situation. But it's also kind of like I'm trying to understand and wrap my head around differences in the coins, some being more 
uh, I guess, less energy dependent stuff like that. I think that's like one thing that I see like Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of the whole mining process is such an endeavor and such a cost. And uh, that there I'm starting to see now coins that are designed around reducing that labor and that cost, you know, that energy consumption and stuff like that. And that's kind of their selling point now. I'm curious who wins this war. Right. <clears throat> and you... I mean, I think some of the big names would be, well, obviously Doge. People are like, Doge has like the cheapest, you know, like uh, transaction costs in terms of energy production. And then you have like XRP, you have Cardano. Cardano, um, I think, is one of the big ones that just ripped up because of that, because right. they're designed to be very low cost and low right. energy and, consuming. And the good thing coin. with Cardano, Cardano was it was designed to be like an, a legitimate coin. Right. Um, it always had that intent. Yeah. Whereas you have like XRP, which is in constant legal battles with the US, which is interesting. Which is, like, which is you know, you can't really say that that's an, I guess it is an issue, but you know. Yeah. It, it's like, yeah. And it's, if you should read into it, if you don't understand the XRP like background, as far as the legalities behind it. Um, cause there, there's, there's mixed opinions on it. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't have one either like one direction or the other. Cause I just haven't like looked enough into it to actually make a valid opinion. But I do know like that's something that XRP has tied to it is a lot of legal battles. Um, yeah. And then you have Ethereum, which is like not that far behind, uh, Bitcoin in terms of, you know, the energy it, co- it takes to produce a transaction. Right. So uh, but Ethereum 2.0 is coming out, so it's like, what's that going to look like as far as energy consumption when Ethereum 2.0 rolls out? So, uh, yeah. But yeah, so I think there's going to be like another buy the dip opportunity in coins. Uh, it's just a matter of like picking the right coins. Yep. In my opinion. I probably would. I mean, what do you think when people tell you like they're still in like the Doge coin or they're still in... <laughs> You know, I mean, some of those altcoins. Yeah, I was, I was like, if that's your flavor, go for it. But I was like, at the end of the day, like, that's a lot of speculation. Like, you're not like, I was like, if you're someone that's like trading Doge and you don't have like real, like, I guess, numbers behind why you believe it's going to do what it's going to do, um, and you're just waiting for like the next, like, Elon Musk tweet, then like, I would say, like, be prepared to lose money before you make money. Like, that's really my take on it. Like, if you're taking trading these coins, like safe moon, that kind of stuff based off of like the TikTok you watched. And it's from someone who's like, Hey, it's going to go to a dollar and it's like worth less than a cent, like less than a quarter of a cent. And it's like, dude, like if you like understand basic market cap, all that kind of stuff, like that's a lot, it takes a lot of money to make that happen. And like, is it more like realistic for like these coins sitting at like thousands of percent in growth to drop or to continue to surge? And like, I could be wrong, but at the same time, like if I was a betting man, right. And betting on speculation, like I would not bet to the upside after a coin has gone up. 10,000 plus percent. But that seems so. like, why is that always the case? I see that all the time with inexperienced traders. That is when they buy in. I think it's because it's, that's when it hits the news. And I think that was one thing we talked about a long time ago was like, I had this, I personally even felt like all the things I see in the news is the trap. Like the, the market has already answered this call and now there's trying to get people to bag hold so that they can get out with higher margins or whatnot. Right. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to is like, when people look at stocks, they're going to focus on the ones that are the cheapest. But I think if you're a new trader, that's what you're going to focus on. You'd be like, I Any want to stocks. find the single digit stock, like like terms of price. That's what I'm going to gravitate towards because 600 bucks for a share doesn't seem realistic in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or like 400 bucks for a share. But a percent's a percent. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And, I, and like, yeah, and I think frankly, like what a lot of like, for example, penny stocks do is like they're heavily diluted. 
in stock in share and like in in shares available to the market. Oh, well, and, yeah. And like, I mean, like like bio farms. Everyone loves bio farms, but they, a lot of people don't understand like the basic mechanisms of how bio farms gain investment money to like continue the research. They're struggling exactly. to get money from you. So, to invest and, into their technology. Yeah, and an easy way for like these publicly traded companies and like in biofarms, for example, is to like flood the market with more shares uh, and generate like cash flow that way. So it's like, that's something to keep in mind. So, but like they're easy to trade because it's like, hey, I'd pay 30 cents for like a share and buy like a thousand shares. Like that'd be great, you know? And it's like, well, at the end of the day though, like you're dealing with, there's a lot of forces going against that. So and I think people don't really pay attention to those. And that's why like a lot of, like experienced traders say like, Hey, pay attention to fundamentals. But a lot of people really don't pay attention to those. And it gets them like kind of caught up in these like coins and stocks that are like seemingly low in value, but like in real, like realistically speaking from like a fundamental standpoint, it's probably like still like way overvalued. So that's just my take on it. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that point, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think we're pretty much, hitting a lot of the points i mean we could, i guess we could like continue to talk about buying the dip forever but i mean i think people get the get the point i mean it's just, mm-hmm. yeah just like trade safe like have a good understanding of what company you're actually trading and like what the upside and downside potentials are that's yeah. that's usually how i approach stocks is just like looking at where it's currently sitting and what that value of that share is telling me at that given point in time yeah don't just say this 20 dollars share was 40 dollars two weeks ago this is a good buy right ask yourself instead why is this stock worth 20 dollars is it worth 20 dollars like, you don't know. Don't look at, yeah. like, anything before. I mean, use that to evaluate your charts and stuff, but don't just, like, take a lower number because last week it was higher. Yeah. It's, like, you know, the, a reason to buy it. And just say, yeah, the Discord. Like, I think that's a very easy thing to, like, discuss in the Discord is, like, people are looking at certain stocks. And if it has, like, a market cap of, like, $500 billion, right? But, it like, the share is only trading at, like, 30 bucks. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers. Yeah. Um but then it's like, all right, well, like compare it to like a big company that's actually really successful that has the numbers to back it. Let's say Apple, for example, which is a trillion dollar company. If you have another company that's like worth half the value of, you know, Apple, but it's like barely profitable, as whereas like Apple produces like how much how much in profits like a quarter is like outrageous. It's like, come on, like, do you think that's realistic? You know, per se, if like you have a company that's not even profitable yet being valued at half of apple like how comparable are they truly exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and i think those are like just general like guidelines that could probably save you in the long run if you're like trying to find good trades but that's just my take on it but yeah so buying the dip if you're like an investor and you want long-term holds on like these you know stocks that have been just plummeting like there may potentially be a lot of good buys out there that people aren't tracking um and now is usually the time like when they're heavily beaten down to really grow your portfolio in like five years. You're That's right. another good reason to be in like a Discord group. These Discord groups exist for this reason because not everybody has an eye on the entire market. Like, but when you have a bunch of people who have eyes on different parts of the market and they come together and collaborate and share these experiences or these stocks that they're watching, it really helps you kind of get a bigger picture of what might be going on around you. Because I think Josh made a good point in one of our podcasts recently that it's like we're seeing a lot of red in our group because our group tends to a majority of them tend to be all in the same industries and it's like or at least particularly within us three like we started off really big into tech industries and growth stocks and stuff like that but what about those you know blue chips that have taken huge hits recently that maybe now you know set up for a good you know bump in their stock value Mm -hmm. like uh and you only really catch those things if you know obviously someone tells you about it And, and, and if you're talking 
the other thing in the Discord is a lot of people are like, man, like, I just might not be good at trading. It's like, nah, like, that's not no. the case at all. Like, one, like, if, if you're not taking big losses and you're okay. And I think if your investment portfolio is going down, which a lot of people combine their investment portfolio with their trading account, like, in the same broker, big deal. Like, as long as you can keep it separate, do your own thing. Um, but, like, just, there's like, I think one thing that a lot of people didn't realize is, like, well, like, the rest of the market is doing really well. Yes. But if you're just expo- heavily exposed to growth and tech, then, like, you're going to be hurting, and you'll be hurting a lot, right? And it's like, but, like, you can't blame the market because, like, like, literally growth and tech were the thing in 2020. And if you had invested in any of those stocks, you would have been up, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 40, like, 100%. Because it didn't make sense. Yeah. Everyone was just reaping the rewards and not really thinking why. Right. And it's like, well. Right. And, th- <laughs> and those are discussions you can have in the Discord. Yeah. And it kind of like keep your sanity. I think that's like kind of the, the issue with like trading alone is when you're trading alone, you don't have anyone to kind of bounce your thoughts off of. And you just kind of sit there and you can like mull over and like, you have like a red day. You just get like really upset with it. And, and then like, you don't look at your portfolio for two weeks. Yeah. And you're frustrated. And like you just say, screw it. And you start getting to like revenge trading. And oh, like the, oh, I've done yeah. that. I have so. I have fallen to a revenge trade before and it sucks. Oh yeah, and like yeah, and you're getting and it's like just peeving you off and like you're upset for the rest of the day, and it's a fa- and it's like well you know it's it's like pull back a little bit yeah and like and that's why I like the disc I, I like discords for that like for that reason as well is like when you're doing very poorly there's probably a reason for it and like maybe it is like your trading habits and then you can actually like get get recalibrated with talking with other people who are like doing well in trading because like we had one like. Like you finished in the green last week. Yeah. So, and like I made a few trades last week, did well, but like overall I'm still red because my portfolio was just getting beaten down mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like sit there and like cry about it. Cause I'm like, look, like portfolios are down, are bound to go up and down. Um, but you, in that portfolio in particular, you do trades and long-term investments, exactly. right? So, exactly. Like, so, yeah. So like, and like, I don't that's trade. Why, but that's honestly, Josh, that's one reason why I like to separate mine. Like I, I have a long-term investment portfolio of TD Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade mm-hmm. that I just never look at. Because yeah. I know if I do on occasion, because I've picked tech stocks. I have tech stocks in there. I have gross stocks in there. But their long-term holds Palantir, I think, is one of them. Yeah. I know that if I looked at that, you know, Monday last week. It would affect you mentally. I'd probably yeah. be a little upset. And so I just don't. like. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think, like, me just, like, having been in the game for a little bit longer than a lot of people, like, I'm used to that. Like, yeah. I just know. And I'm like, if I look and I have, like, read... And I look at like which stocks they are and what my goals were for those stocks. I'm not going to get upset if like they're investments. And I'm like, oh, like they're down for the day. Big deal. If I saw green every single day mm-hmm. and it's been a year, I'd be like, all right, I have something to worry about. <laughs> like, I mean, I should be definitely concerned. I would probably say like, that's one great suggestion for you. If you're brand new, like you probably should consider just separating those two things. Like if you have a trading portfolio and investment portfolio, portfolio, portfolio I would probably consider separating those two just for your own mental stability. Like I, I feel a way, I feel way more balanced. Knowing that I have full control on, say, my Robinhood or Weeble account, and I don't even have to look at, and those are like my trading accounts. I don't even have to look at my investment account. I just know, I just know what I, where I'm in, and I can follow it just simply by looking at my trading portfolios. You know, tracking those stocks day to day, but just not having to see that number because if you combine it like Josh does, and investments go down, but your day trade goes up, but you're still sitting red, it's kind of like that could take the wind out of your sails for sure for a new trader you know oh yeah someone who doesn't quite understand what's going on in their portfolio but um yeah i don't know simple suggestion yeah but at the same time you can use discord to kind of keep that level head that is probably the most powerful thing like i think i've seen a lot of people in our discord kind of discuss some of their losses or like red weeks and i think for the most part i mean none of them are backing down 
and none of them are going into like any kind of revenge mode trading. It's just kind of like, you know, having that soundboard. Yeah. You can just, you know, say, how are y'all looking? And it's like, we share some of the same sentiments towards the certain uh, stocks. And so it's like, yeah, sometimes we're probably all going to feel the red. Yeah. But yeah. And also, I guess the last point is like our discord is like always focused on the educational side. And if there's like room for growth, like I think there's always room for growth. And I think one thing that we do as a business is we like to cater it to whatever the market's showing us at a given time. We like to cater our education to that. So if like stop losses have been like a big focus lately, because frankly, like when the market's tearing down and you have a lot of good positions, you don't want to give back profit, especially if you're just trading those positions. And a lot of people tend to ignore their stop losses when they're doing better. Like when they keep doing better, they'll start kind of slacking off on the stop losses and that's when it's going to backfire the most. So yeah, that's kind of goes back to the educational side of it and a discord definitely provides that platform for it. So, but yeah, I think that, uh, do we have any questions that were asked in our discord this week? I'm not sure. You know, probably have to get to that. Um, so I do know, um, one of our traders kind of shared a, a shared sentiment. I think for the last couple of weeks has been crypto, good stock market, bad. And so like, he kind of posted up something about that. And uh, how the crypto world seems so much safer than the stock market world right now. And, you know, I think. What do y'all think on that? On crypto doing better than. I mean, I would say right now, I would say that that probably has switched, right? Like if you're in crypto Friday heavily, you're probably not feeling too well today. But if you're in stock market heavily on Friday, you probably did feel pretty good, especially particularly growth in tech stocks. Right. So, I mean, there's the ebb and flow right there, right? Yeah, I like, mean. That yeah. was literally posted Tuesday last week. And yes, of course, crypto sentiment up, stock market sentiment down. And then by Friday, it switched. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it depends on what 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 uh what you're holding. Right? If you're like a Doge holder, then you're probably like hurting because Doge like had to tear down from like 70 cents, right? Mm-hmm. And I was probably said, I haven't looked, but it was sitting at like 40 cents. And like, if you bought in at like 70 cents, expecting to go to a dollar right there, like you're probably hurting really bad. Like, I think I saw a TikTok and someone lost like $25,000. And it's like, golly, like, and it's like, that's, a, that's horrible, ridiculous. horrible entry. Exactly. Horrible yeah. Entry. It's like, golly, man, like that's <clears> terrible. Um, and yeah, but then at the same time, like if you were invested in like a Dow index for the past like three months, then you're like the happiest person on the planet, even with the pullback is recent, like recently had. Cause I mean hitting all time high all time highs like and it was just surging like crazy since it shuffled from growth into like all these Dow companies like that's like you gotta be feeling great. So I think it's just a matter of you know where your money was sitting. Um if you're sitting in Ethereum, um then you're probably doing really well. <laughs> so all just depends. But yeah, I mean I'm still a firm believer in the stock market. I still believe in the fundamentals of companies and in the long run you're gonna do better, which is why I invest, but at the same time, lots of trade setups. Lots of trade setups. Yeah, but I think this uh I think this pretty much wraps it up. I think it's a good stopping point. Yeah. Anything for our podcast? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I think next time we'll we'll start getting into like the nitty gritty about like inflation and a lot of people have fears about that and how it's going to affect the market and maybe like your specific holdings and we can kind of go into that and we'll break it down a little bit more technical um, and just kind of like give you a, a general overview of how it's going to might affect the market from our opinion. Do you think it's a? I just think do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Inflation. You know, I think 
I think it will be a good balance. I think I think it will balance out. I think I have to look at the numbers. I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but my take just from not even looking yet is I think maybe inflation's getting higher than what people expected. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of like, there's going to be a backlash from it. It's mm-hmm. going to happen in the market and the market's going to represent that. But I think long-term it's going to be, you know, we're going to have healthy pullbacks. Like we need it. The market's been heavily overextended. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people are going to be upset because their holdings are probably going to have a little bit further down to go. But long run, like the time to make money is when the markets are down. Like yes. that's that's where the money's made. Not when they're like surging to all-time highs. Mm-hmm. I think that's like where that intuitive like thing kind of like starts going reverse on people. And instead of buying low, they are fearful and they, they wait hold till, their money and don't exactly. do anything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, if you, yeah. And I'm like, and I think so, when you say something like inflation, that just sounds bad. Like yeah. when people hear inflation, they're like, well, that can't be good, yeah. but that uh, <laughs> inflation. Yeah. Is it can be an indicator of healthy like, economies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my thing is like when things have been on like a crazy surge, like when you look at like a lot of the different sectors, like look, look at the housing market and how crazy that things inflated and the prices <clears> of just base materials flying up and like chip shortages and all these things and everyone just like spinning like crazy. But yet we still have like people living off unemployment because unemployment benefits are still sticking around. Um, and frankly, uh, and frankly, yeah, frankly at this time, it's like, you look at like, I walk around the city and I see all these like job openings and no one's taking them. Cause frankly, they can make more off unemployment or just as much. It says a lot about the and job. Not, yeah, exactly. Market. But it's like one of those things where it's like, well, are we, is the government doing too much in unemployment? So like, there's all these factors at play and it's like how much government intervention is actually good from like a market standpoint from an economy standpoint and when does it like kind of like go overboard and you know what are the effects of like certain monetary policies that kind of stuff could this also be the free market you know affecting the jobs side of the market not just the customer side like free market affects both ends like if you have a free market people have a choice of working for you or not and if you're if, if what you offer an employee isn't a living wage it's possible that you know, well, now we're having to focus on that side of the industry the, of the market. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's like you know when you talk about free market, <clears throat> it's one of those things where a company can't just raise its money to hire employees. It doesn't work like that, right? And so so that, that's my thing is like when you start artificially in, injecting money into a system, <clears throat> whether that's through socialistic programs like unemployment benefits or through free paycheck, like you know three free checks, minimum wage. So yeah, exactly. It's like there's there's negative effects to that. And whether that's like people paying for it in other ways or whether the economy gets affected negatively because of that, because of like growth gets stunted. Um, there's a lot of different like effects that could happen. Um, I think just understanding the basic econ- economics behind it um, will kind of give people a better idea of like what's potentially going to happen, you know, at least from a stock market's perspective, based on how like it's handled those like, types of situations in the past. So, but yeah, I think more research is obviously going to be conducted to like get a better take on it. And give you kind of like a general overview of what we think from our opinions based on the research we're seeing. Yeah. I guess next week, yeah, we'll talk about the strategies of inflation and how you can play the stock market. Yep. All right. Y'all have a good one. Thanks.